Thanks for listening to the Culture Crew Podcast. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are asking the question, is bitterness sin? Is it a sin to be bitter? Like, can we just walk around and be kind of perpetually angry and um, and not fear that we mm. are violating God's commands? Mm. That's going to be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people deal with this, yes. you know, and don't know how to maybe maybe how to deal with it in the right way. Um, and it only hurts us, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times it, I mean, in so many ways, even physically speaking, but uh, yeah, that's going to be pretty interesting to talk about. Yeah. Before we do, how about some culture proof housekeeping? Yes. Help us to grow the podcast. If you will, you can share the episodes uh, with friends and family. Uh, those who you know, you think that would appreciate the content. We would truly appreciate that. Also give it a five star rating that helps us to put, uh, culture proof on on people's radar if you have that five star rating and also leave comments we love the engagement from everyone who uh, engages and so when we uh, see those comments we try to answer as best as we can uh, but keep on commenting we really appreciate that yeah we catch up eventually like we start, <laughs> there's, a, there's some uh, comments that are so thoughtful and we think man we want to respond to those you know you want to go beyond just the thumbs up and um, and so sometimes it takes a little bit longer because you yeah. want to be thoughtful in your response. Um, but we really do appreciate you. We appreciate your financial support. Um, the Ministry of Culture Proof, as is powered by the ministry that the Lord has entrusted to us, um, SE Ministries, is a nonprofit ministry. And so you can donate. It's a tax-deductible donation if you want to donate monthly, as so many of you have, and we appreciate it. Um, you can go to cultureproof.net. You can also make a single gift, and all of that is tax-deductible. Mm. Um, if you want to mail a gift to us, also tax deductible, you can send that to um, P.O. Box 1269 in Saltillo, Mississippi, S-A-L-T-I-L-L-O, and the zip code is 38866. We appreciate it. I mean, and you guys have shown a tremendous amount of support, so I just want to say thank you so much for helping us to continue doing what we love to do, that is thinking deeply and biblically about issues of the day and then equipping you to do the same. We really do Amen. appreciate you. All right, the question is, is bitterness a sin? And often when we have a question like this, it's because somebody is wrestling with something and they need to know, or they want to know, am I sinning in this thing that I'm wrestling with? Like, Mm. you know, is this wrong or is it something that is just my acts to bear? And so, will the great, let's just kind of skip to the end and then (laughs) work our way back. Is bitterness a sin? I would say, yes, it is, you know, uh, because you're holding uh, something that the Lord, he don't desire for you to be holding, you know, Um, and it also affects your relationship with people. Mm. God desires that we have a good relationship with with others, you know, so that's a a strike. Yes, that's not right. Also, it affects us, you know, and our our communion with God. When Mm -hmm. we have unforgiveness and bitterness and things like that. It, it places a gap between us and God, mm, you know, yes. um, it hinders our relationship when we don't forgive, especially when we've been forgiven. And when we uh, don't forgive and bitterness grows in us, man, that's not what God desires at all. So I would say uh, 100%. Yes, it is a sin. Amen. Look, and, and I, I would I would add to that, that whenever the Lord tells us to do something or to not do something, when we do the opposite of mm. that, then that is sin. Yes. Right. So like, so 
so because the Bible addresses bitterness, mm. like the Bible actually addresses bitterness, I think some of us may have thought that bitterness is just an emotion that we have no control over, that bitterness is something that someone else does to us. Mm. And, and we can talk a little bit about that as we continue along. But I think when you think that bitterness is something that someone else has done to you or has caused you to feel, mm -hmm. then you might feel like you can't have any control over it, and mm -hmm. then therefore it's not a sin, right? Yeah. Like you can't yeah. repent of something that you had no control over. If something is done to you, then the person who has done it needs to repent, and then you need to forgive. Well, bitterness is kind of both. Right. Mm -hmm. Because something has been done to you mm -hmm. that has provoked the feelings of bitterness. But then choosing to be bitter is something that you do as a response to whatever it is that you have experienced. And so mm -hmm. let's look at it. So in Ephesians chapter four, the Bible just really lays out for us like what it looks like to be a new believer, um, a new a follower of Christ, like what it is to have new life. And there are certain like distinguishing characteristics of Christians that we actually should be able to expect all across the board. Like when mm. believers get together, there should be a commonality where we're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what we do. Right. That's what we do, right? right? Because those are the marks of a Christian. Right. So I'm just going to read here in Ephesians chapter four. Um, I'm going to start at verse 17. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart. It's amazing because it already begins with the distinction that those who don't know Christ are quite different from those who do. Mm. That there are certain characteristics of those whose minds are darkened, right? That their deeds are dark. And, and really, it just is representative of the fact that the light of Christ has not been shown in their heart. Yeah. Right, that they have not received this light from Christ, okay, that, that has been shown in their heart, and now then they are walking in that light. Mm. And when I say light, I am not talking about the new age right. self light. I am right. I'm I'm talking about <laughs> Jesus Christ, Amen. okay. Um, the true light which gives light coming into the world, as John one makes very clear. Mm. I just want to make sure to make that point. Okay. Um, so, so the apostle Paul writing to the Ephesians says that we are no longer to live according to that pattern, which signifies that you have an old life right. before Christ. And then now you have a new life having come to Christ. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but this is what he says. Um, let's see. Okay. I'm going to go verse 18 being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. Okay, I'm going to skip down here um, and... I'm going to go to verse 35. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Man, there's so much you could just, but remember, we're trying to get to bitterness. Okay. <laughs> do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor performing with his own hands what is good so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Verse 29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath 
and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along mm. with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Mm. So we have a clear command here in scripture. By the way, the word of God as communicated through the apostles are not suggestions for great moral living. Right. Right. Like these are not self-help tools that would, you know, serve you better if you just tried to do them. These are the commands of God, yeah. right? Because we know that those who authored scripture, there's a dual authorship that they wrote as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit of God. So we know what God is telling us through the apostles, through the authors of the text, right? That we should put away bitterness, so if we don't put away bitterness, then that is sin. That is sin. You're right. And those things in that list are connected. You know, you talked about being angry and sin and sin not. Mm. You know, if you don't let the, the sun go down on, you know, all that leads to bitterness. Yes. If you don't stop yes. it, if you don't, you know, capture those thoughts or whatever is going on, make it right. You know, uh, go to the person who has made you angry, things like that. Man, you know, and it, it's such a... Um, uh, uh, deceitful thing because you, you, before you know it, you can have a bitter root. Yes, you know, it, it, it right. kind of just springs upon you. Whereas before, it may have been something happened and it's like, man, you know, but it can quickly turn into a root of bitterness to where you can't even really function. Or if you see a certain person, or it's like, man, there's something there. Mm -hmm. And that's not uh, what God has for us at all. No, you know, not at all. These relationships are supposed to be uh, right. So, that's right. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you get, the question is, how do we get to a place of bitterness? By the way, I think that in some pockets of our society today, bitterness is normalized, mm. that it is, it is even celebrated for people to be angry Right. And to be bitter, to feel that they have a grievance that's never been dealt with and that somebody owes them something. Mm -hmm. and, and so mm -hmm. often they can't even really define what they believe they are owed, except they just they are angry and they just want to be angry. Mm -hmm. And the bitterness is a normal part of who they are. Mm -hmm. It is sort of their message. And I say that because even as we're having this conversation, it is a countercultural conversation, right? It's it's resisting those cultural trends mm -hmm. that rival the truth, that you yeah. get to be bitter. You have been wronged. <laughs> you get to hold on to your bitterness and you can still be happy by holding a person, a person hostage uh, to your bitterness. Mm -hmm. Well, this is totally antithetical to the faith. This is yeah. not consistent with what it means to have a transformed life. One of the things that I think is really interesting, Will Gray, we can kind of have a conversation mm -hmm. around this, is that there is an outflow of bitterness that is not just retreating from a person or saying, well, I'm not going to associate with those people. Mm -hmm. There are actual acts, and you, you kind of alluded to this already, there are actions that are produced because of bitterness that mm -hmm. takes root in the heart. So I want to talk about that, but maybe before we talk about that, I want to talk about how bitterness begins to take root in the heart. Mm. So maybe it starts out that someone has offended you. Right. Right. And you didn't forgive them. Right. Or maybe you did, but you didn't forgive from the heart. Mm. You didn't forgive as you've been forgiven. You see, even yeah. forgiveness has a, a definition, right? Mm. Like Jesus defined forgiveness as a type of forgiveness that we have received. I cannot tell you, look, I've not been in prayer I've not been in prayer in conversation with the Lord where I have felt over and over and over again condemned and reminded of my shortcomings. You know what I mean? Like I if if I sin against the Lord, if I fall short, I'm convicted about that sin. Mm -hmm. But I I am not brought back 
back to all of the life that I lived right. before I came to right. Christ. Like Christ does not do that to us. Right. You know, it is under the blood. We truly do receive this forgiveness that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ, whereby now we are hidden in him. Mm. That we have we have appropriated his righteousness. Mm. That's the and why am I saying that? Because that's how we've been forgiven. It's completely effective. Yeah. We talk about the efficacy of the blood of Christ. Like, I mean, it is potent and it's powerful. And so Jesus is telling us to forgive in that way, mm. to forgive without the intent to bring up again what the person has done. Oh yeah. man, that's so hard. Yeah. yeah. Right? It is hard. You know, because we are, especially if we're operating in our, our flesh. Yes. That's why we need to be led by the Spirit. We can't really do it unless the Holy Spirit is helping us. Because, that's right. you know, when there's offense, man, it hurts. It does You know, hurt. those things. And they keep coming back to your mind and you got to fight that battle, you know, because it's com it comes back to your mind, what they did, what this person did, what that person did, or whatever it may be. But that's where we got to uh, take those thoughts captive. Yes. And cause them to submit to Christ. Because if not... That root is is waiting to be put in, you know. That's right. And so the thing is, we have to be able to learn how to forgive, like we have been forgiven, just like you're saying. Because what what I mean, what Jesus has displayed uh, towards us is the standard. Mm -hmm. You know, that's right. That's right. So so bitterness begins to form in the human heart when we don't forgive as we've been forgiven. Yeah. Um, furthermore, bitterness starts to take root when we refuse to be reconciled as a result of that lack of forgiveness. Right. Mm. So I I have not forgiven you from the heart. So now the relationship suffers. There's not a closeness like there once was, right. and I refuse to work on that. It takes work. These relationships take work, right? So I refuse to work on that because I can't get over what you've done. But then as bitterness continues to root itself in the human heart, you think of a weed, man, and you think of it mm. growing in the heart, mm. just deepening in the heart, growing down until everything that is produced, everything that comes out comes from that bitter root, that uh -huh. nasty root that was um, at its genesis, at its beginning, an offense that was not dealt with. Mm -hmm. And so then everything else just kind of stacks onto that. Everything else just kind of triggers that feeling, you know, modern vernacular, right? <laughs> just kind of reminds you right. that you've been hurt. But one of the things that I want to spend some time on here is the outflow of the bitterness, hmm. right? Because you've got this root in the heart, but the root will produce fruit. Mm. Right. And so if you've got a bitter root in your heart, then there will also be bitter fruit. And the Bible anticipates this because its author is God and because we are made by him. Right. He knows us and knows how we have been affected by the fall. Mm -hmm. So now we get a picture of ourselves if we don't put away bitterness. Mm -hmm. So look at this. If you go back to Ephesians chapter four, verse 31, mm -hmm. let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Mm -hmm. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. So there's almost like an outflow of bitterness here. And what is that outflow? Wrath and anger and clamor mm -hmm. and then slander. So when we are bitter, right, when we don't forgive, not only are we harboring this and allowing it to grow in our heart, but the outflow of it is that now there's wrath. Mm. I mean, look, we have in this country allowed for and celebrated these types of days of rage. Man. 
where people have allowed the bitterness that has been normalized in our culture, Mm -hmm. normalized in our society, they've allowed that bitterness to reach its zenith and then pour out from them. Mm. And what were we told um, just to let them express? Have you been looking for a solution to your math woes? Maybe that's CTC Math. CTC Math is a self-paced learning program designed to empower students in all grades. Even parents who aren't homeschooling wonder if there are gaps in their kids' math education. Head on over to ctcmath.com and let CTC Math help you discover where your kid is and build from there. CTC Math is engaging and responsive to students no matter where they are in their math journey. Parents, you don't have to fear math. There's so much stress in our life. Math doesn't have to be one of them. Let our friends at CTC Math help you and your children enjoy math. Again, you'll want to go to ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Just just to let people tear things up, let people just let them have their rage, right? This is ungodly right. and this is wicked and it has no place in the body of Christ. Not at all. Not at all. We talk about just giving space to like <laughs> to do that. That's you know, right. The Bible speaks against that, you know, giving full vent to anger and stuff like that. And, and man, you're right. When that bitterness causes a person or, you know, a group of people to lash out. Mm-hmm. That's some action that takes place, whether it be in word or in deed. You know, you might come across a person and they may, uh, because they're bitter about something, man, they may cut you with their words. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or, so true. you know, like we see with some of the uh, protests and different things going on you know that because of bitterness because of people feeling that they didn't get certain things or mm-hmm. you know man they're lashing out and becomes violent and all kind of things man that stuff is real real deep and you have to deal with it you yes. know but when you have a society that don't want you to deal Mm-mm. with it like man no just just let it go yeah you know go ahead and express and it's so incredibly wicked because you'll see that what the enemy of our souls has done in this country is he has even empowered people to borrow from offenses of the past, mm. offenses that they were not even a part right, of, like right. it was not even something they suffered directly from, right, right. but the enemy of our soul who wants us to be bitter, right? Mm. Please remember that the adversary wants us to excel at evil. Mm. He wants us to do all of the things that the Lord says not <laughs> to do, and he doesn't want us to do any of the things that the Lord says to do. Right. So if the Lord says to put away bitterness, then the enemy doesn't want us to do that. So what does he do? So he exaggerates the offenses of the past and say and says to us, you have been directly affected by that. Mm. This is how he sustains the note. This is how he creates the wound and then presses his finger on it without letting up. And so many of us, because we're not anchored and rooted in the word of God, Mm. because the Holy Spirit doesn't indwell us, right? So we're just held hostage by this. Mm. These these are psychological assaults that the enemy rots upon us, right? Now think about that even in the context of your personal life. What, What happens as you allow bitterness to grow is it's almost like a cow chewing the cud Mm. you know have you ever (laughs) and this is gross but hey this this is animal biology okay (laughs) so you've got the cow chewing the cud brings it down (laughs) brings it back up chewing it again brings it so 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 what do we find ourselves doing we find ourselves nursing offenses because it is a is a twisted type of therapy for us Mm. that we we want to be some type of a victim perpetually Mm. and so that means that we need victimizers 
right? We need the person who's victimized us. So we continue thinking about that. We continue just kind of ruminating on that all the time. And the bitterness just grows. The bitterness just grows. We romanticize being justified in our hatred. We romanticize being justified in our bitterness and we feel good about it. And it becomes so normal that you don't even recognize it as a perpetual sin against God. So when you feel justified in something that was done, you know, maybe to you, how do you discern whether you have a bitter root or not? Like, how do you uh, how can you tell the difference? You know, you may you may feel like, man, no, they they wronged me and I'm Mm -hmm. angry. But how do you know, you know, if there's something that's deeper there than just, you know, I have these feelings because they wronged me? Yeah. Can I? The question is, can I forgive them from the heart? Mm. That's the question. Mm. If you get to a place where you just cannot forgive the person or you feel like, you know, and this man, we say this in our culture today and, and, and we've normalized it for a long time and we almost think it's Bible. It's not when well, you say I forgive, but I can't forget mm. what you are saying is that I am not releasing you from the offense. You are giving lip service to forgiveness, right? But I'm not releasing you from the offense. Can you imagine if that's how we were forgiven? We would have no stake right. and no claim. Like we, we would have no eternity with the father. We have been right. reconciled to the father. We can't do that on our own. That, that has to be an extension of grace. Yeah. That, that has to be the sufficiency of the cross that we are brought back into this, what was once broken relationship with God and broken on our part, by the way, broken because of our rebellion. So I would say that bitterness starts to take root when we refuse to forgive people from the heart, when we can't think of the offense without feeling like, oh, you know, I know, look, I've, I've received forgiveness. So I can, I'm, I'm going to tell you, look, there are times and I've, I've been, um, there are a few times in my life where I've been deeply hurt. There are a few times, like every time that you get offended is not deep hurt. Okay. Like we just, right. come on. Right. <laughs> but there are a few times where I have been, um, deeply hurt to the place of, um, even just kind of becoming depressed over it and just really thinking about it and, and how egregious the pain was and, you know, and I remember in walking through those times and really asking the Lord to help me because I knew that on my own, I could not forgive my offenders. Mm. I knew that. I, I knew even as a mature Christian, right? I, as a mature Christian, um, I knew that I could not on my own forgive those people who hurt me. And I remember um, our family was still pretty young and um, and we had never experienced anything like that before. We're walking through that together. And, and I will tell you, I remember daily asking the Lord, one, help me to forgive, but then two, recognizing that it is a choice, that, that there is not some sort of, um, excuse the expression, magical like response that I'm just suddenly going to feel better mm-hmm. by talking myself out of. I knew that I had to depend on one, the Holy Spirit of God, and two, the truth and the reliability of his word that forgiving is a commandment and it is an act of my will. So I, I literally had days where this particular hurt that I'm thinking of, I had days where I would walk through through our home, and I would verbally say aloud, I forgive them. Mm. I forgive them. And almost daily, for a period of time, mind you, for a period of time, the enemy 
would bring back scenes to my mind where I would recall the words that were said. I would recall the the statements made both in my presence and outside of my presence. And, and I would recall the turmoil and all of the pain. And I would feel those feelings. It's almost like a pot on simmer that it just has to reach that one temperature and then boom, it's boiling, right? So I remember those feelings and I remember again and again and again saying, Lord, I forgive them. I forgive them. And even, look, I'm going to tell you, the enemy of your soul wants you to be bitter. And so for me, you may not have to do this, but for me, I would have to say out loud when the enemy would remind me of the offense, because by the way, the enemy wants to remind you of the offense, which is why we were also told to take every thought captive. Right. Okay. So when I was reminded of the offense or when I would find myself thinking about the offense, I would have to literally say out loud and hear my own words. And, and you know, I just needed to be reminded, I forgive them. And I would say, it's over. I forgive them. I refuse to hold them hostage. I forgive them. I release them. I forgive them. And this took a while of me doing until like it became like just I had a peace now that this was not a tool that the enemy could use in my life. And I look yeah. back over all these years and it is no longer a tool that the enemy can use in my life. Now, do I remember from time to time the things that, but yeah, but we can talk about it and discuss those things without a bitterness. Mm. You know, bitterness doesn't even allow you to discuss past hurts without feeling that gripping, like you want the person to suffer yeah. who's done this to you. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that makes sense or if that's helpful. Yeah, that makes sense, you know, and I think about in what you're saying, because um, if you have that bit of root, the question may be, well, how do I uproot it? Yeah. You know? And I think you gave the answer even right there, you know, um, forgiveness, you know, uh, being able to forgive and say, I forgive you. You know, that's the, the starting point of it right there, being able to forgive from the heart mm -hmm. uproots that bitterness that's in there, you yeah. know. Uh, to to release people to let them go, uh, even if you le uh, legitimately have been wrong, you know, man, it's on us to say I forgive them, even yes. if they even if they didn't ask for forgiveness. Yeah, that's right. Know? That's right. Even if they didn't ask for forgiveness, I forgive them. Yeah, and so. Because we don't want that bitter root to be in our in our hearts and our lives. No, absolutely. There's a there's a reference in um, oh in Hebrews. Let me find it because I think it's so important. You, you think about um, the body of Christ, and you talk about how we don't want that root to be in our lives. Mm -hmm. uh, Hebrews chapter twelve, mm -hmm. verse fourteen, verses fourteen and fifteen. Powerful verses here, especially as you think about and talk about forgiveness. So the Bible says, pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Mm -hmm. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it many be defiled. Mm -hmm. Like you think about this peace that we live with in community with one another, and even those outside of the community of the fellowship of the believer, right? We want to pursue peace with all men. Now, again, this does not mean a unity void of the spirit. Like right. there are some people we cannot unite with, right. but there is a peace in recalling that we have been forgiven. Yeah, There is a peace. Look, and, and again, practically speaking, when it is difficult for me to forgive, it becomes a little bit easier when I consider who I am before Christ. Mm. When I consider that I was the right object of God's wrath, not like, okay, yeah, he was mad at me, but I didn't do anything. When No, no, it was right 
Mm. that I would be the object of God's wrath. Mm. It was right that his wrath would be on me. It was right because I was born in sin. I lived a life of rebellion before God. And, and let me tell you something. There were many things that I had never done. So, so like, please don't, don't get this twisted as like, you know, you got this long rap sheet and so then you feel, no, because it doesn't matter all the things I didn't do, right? If I am not reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm on my way to hell and destruction. Mm. So when I consider that the Lord Jesus called me aside, that the Holy Spirit drew me, that my eyes were open to receive the forgiveness of my sin and the effective forgiveness of my sin, mm -hmm. I'm then able to forgive people because I don't deserve to be forgiven. I want to say this, and I know that this can be very sensitive here. People who harbor bit bitterness and who struggle with it, there is an element of pride in it mm -hmm. because you believe that there is something so special about you that you should never be hurt. You believe there is something so special about you that while all those other weak people can forgive, I'm going to hold on to this thing because I'm not a chump, right? <laughs> but forgiveness is a blessing. Yeah. It's a blessing that we receive and it's a blessing that we get to extend, that mm. we get to show people, hey, I've been forgiven much. I am going to forgive you. Mm. So the question that we began with is, is bitterness a sin? Even as we see it normalized in our culture, we see grievance literature everywhere. Everybody's mad and they get to just kind of walk in that. Um, the Bible is very clear that we are told to put away bitterness, which means that to hold on to it is in rebellion to God's righteous commands and thereby classifying it as sin. Mm. So if you're bitter and you're walking in that, repent let it go, get it right, do what it takes so that you can walk in peace with the one who has forgiven you so, so much. Mm. When you resist the cultural trends that rival the truth, you remain culture-proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless. Are you registered for Culture Proof Conference 2024? Well, you need to get registered today. We are super excited about our first ever conference that's coming to Faith Baptist in Bartlett, Tennessee. Yes, July 18th through the 20th. And we're open, wide open. So go to cultureproof.net right now and register. Yeah, that's right. And I say the first ever conference. It's the first ever Culture Proof Conference. Right. But everything that you love about the types of conferences that the Addisons produce. Yes. All remains intact. Some That's of our right. speakers this year include the incredible Dr. Kathy Cook, Abraham Hamilton III, Dr. Renton Rathbun, Dr. Lee Brand, and Israel Wayne. And not to mention our extraordinary culture proof kids and teens tracks yes. facilitated by Maria Hamilton III and Mark and Amy <laughs> Warren. You're going to want to make sure you register when registration fills up for those tracks the kids tracks we close them down because we want our classrooms to be functional and we want our kids to get the most out of those classrooms all right question mm -hmm. is functional a word no probably not so fu functional <laughs> okay <laughs> no that's all right i just want to you know <laughs> thank you thank you <sighs>
oh, don't let her do it. Oh, Lord. Um, when you don't have a red line in your brain, you're just going to leave it. Okay. We want to see you in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church, July 18th through the 20th. That's right. Go to cultureproof.net.